Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming from my beautifully renovated office in Bourbonnet, Illinois. I'm Weber, and I'm both honored and delighted you took time out of your schedule to listen. You will find that my podcast henceforth will be filled equally with both positive and negative comments, as the wifey said I was too negative. Let me know if you like the change. Today's podcast is brought to you by the folks at Court Street Ford, now in their 40th year servicing Kankakee County. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbonnet and check out that amazing GT in the showroom. Court Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 or visit their website at www.courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. Well, I'll be darned, folks. The Republicans and the Democrats announced they have hammered out another budget deal just in the nick of time at the last hour. This drama is about as predictable and old as teenage sisters fighting over the last of the pimple cream. Each side will then tell us what heroic actions they pulled off to make this deal. It's the same old wine, but in a brand new bottle, folks. The U.S. taxpayer will be the ultimate loser again in this annual event. What would be best for us if those clowns would tell us what they're going to cut from the budget? Then I might be impressed. Real cuts, not the so-called cuts they're making for the hiring 81,000 IRS agents. That wasn't a cut. They hadn't hired the bastard jet, only threatened. Speaking of the IRS, presidential candidate Ron DeSantis says he is for eliminating the IRS. Now that's something to get behind. I told you I'd bring positive news. Not sure what they will replace it with, but eliminate it is a good start. Wouldn't that be a hoot if the first thing he does upon taking office was fire the entire IRS? I'd vote for him on that. While he's at it, I hope he cuts the pension of Lois Lerner, too. Remember Lois, the witch Obama used to go after the Tea Party? I ain't forgot about that little detail, B.O. Well, the environmentalists should be ecstatic right now. According to Chris Fisher of Osearch, the great white shark population is booming after dwindling in the 70s and 80s. This is where I will not give you any Jaws movie inferences. Anyway, Chris, who's been studying the great whites for the past decade, says a healthy shark population means a healthier ocean. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu has told CNN he will decide in the next two weeks if he will run for president. I find so much wrong with that statement. First, he doesn't stand a snowball's chance in hell of winning against Trump or DeSantis. He's already too late getting in. So what is he waiting on? As a conservative, why would he tell that to CNN? You know, my father always called me a suspicious bastard, and he was probably right. I don't know anything about Chris Sununu, but my cynical little brain is telling me there is a pot of gold in there somewhere for Sununu if he runs because surely he can't think he'll win. So what is the delay? And if you decide not to run, shut up. It's a non-event. I've already announced I'm not running, and then I shut up about it. Speaking of my father, he's been gone now seven years from this past Tuesday. Miss you, Pop. If you're an Illinois schmuck like me, you will be disgusted to know that the clown car in Springfield starring J.B. Toilets Pritzker that we call our state government has decided to increase fuel and sales taxes because, 
Well, the laws they pass say they can. Every July 1st, bam, we pay more tax. This is on top of the increased real estate tax bill received this week. I don't recall voting for any increases, folks. That state leads the nation in just about every negative statistic there is, and yet those clowns keep sticking their hands deeper in our pockets. And amazingly, we let them. This, thank you, sir, can I have another mentality has to change. And folks, that giant sucking sound is your tax dollars going to Chicago, the unions, and multiple pensions. Okay, a promise is a promise to the retired people. But geez, can't they change the law to something we can't afford and grandfather the folks in that were promised a certain amount? Can we show any sign of a pulse in standing up to Chicago and its bitch, the Springfield clown car? Are you getting the hint I'm getting closer to abandoning this state? Did you hear about that Michigan kid who stopped the school bus from crashing? Dylan Reeves, a 7th grader, was riding the bus when the driver started to lose consciousness. Dylan jumped into action by taking hold of the steering wheel and breaking the bus to the side before yelling at the other kids for someone to call 911. He is credited for saving the driver and his fellow classmates from crashing. But there is a little more to this story and one I hope any parents of young kids think about. There was a good reason Dylan noticed the driver having issues and none of the other kids did. You see, Dylan's parents won't allow him to have a cell phone, which causes Dylan to watch what is going on around him. The other kids on the bus were distracted by their cell phones and not paying attention. Dylan's father, Steve, said, What else are you going to do when you don't have a phone? You're going to look at people. You're going to notice stuff. You're going to look out the window. It's a very powerful lesson. Maybe a change the world kind of lesson. Steve also said this event was proof Dylan still doesn't get a cell phone. Dylan said, Whatever. My parents are old school. Dylan, your parents are also good parents. Listeners to this podcast may recall I mentioned a story about head club professional and pro golfer Michael Block, who finished in 15th place in the PGA Championships at Oak Hill. It was quite a sports story for a week, especially his slam dunk hole in one. Well, as golf is wont to do, the golf gods giveth and taketh away. Side note, those god golfs hate me and seemingly only taketh away. Anyway, the win at Oak Hill earned him an exemption to play this past weekend at the Charles Schwab Challenge at the Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. He was 11 over a par the first day and 4 over the second, but this time the number 15 was not so magical. It earned him a boot from the tournament and a last place finish. Speaking of golf, I recently asked a former club pro and friend, Kevin Fitzgerald, for a golf lesson, hoping to move my handicap from just really embarrassing to a level that might be considered just slightly embarrassing. He agreed that we would have a playing lesson at our weekly Thursday men's game. So, before the game started, Kevin asked me to explain my swing thoughts when I got ready to hit. Nobody ever asked me that before, so it took me a few seconds to think about what he meant. Eventually, my right and left brains agreed on what to tell the man, and I explained the litany of points, such as keeping my left arm straight and head down for examples. There were a few more to add to the list. Kevin looked at me with his matter-of-fact face and said, forget all that. My rather intelligent response was, huh? He repeated his previous statement. Long story short, I did what he told me when I could, and have dropped five and seven shots respectfully in the last two rounds. Kevin, my man, I love you. 
I'm back to only being just regularly embarrassed about my handicap. Rock legend Tina Turner of Proud Mary fame passed away May 24th at 83. A survival of spousal abuse, she divorced her mentally unstable husband and exploded on the world stage, ascending to the title of Queen of Rock. Born Anna Mae Bullock on November 26, 1939 in Nashville, Tennessee, to a family of sharecroppers, she met and married Ike Turner of the Kings of Rhythm Band in St. Louis. When she joined his group, he changed her name to Tina Turner. She changed the band's fortunes with her singing in total assault on performance, which included some pretty short skirts and high heels. She could move better on those two high heels than I could if I had a third leg. After dumping Ike, who would never reach her stardom, she recorded the album Tiny Dancer. It sold over 20 million copies and propelled her to the top of the rock world. It's one of my favorite albums. Rest in peace, Turner. When it came to female rockers, you were simply the best. Today's episode is brought to you by the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. You can depend on the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company for nearly all your insurance needs and in many different states. Call the fine folks at 815-936-0075 for a quote today. That's 815-936-0075. Or look them up at their website at www.grinsure.com. My commentary this past week was called The King of Beers No More. Recently, my wife and I were watching television when, lo and behold, a new Budweiser commercial appeared. If I were a beer drinker, and if I didn't know the backstory on the Budweiser issue, the commercial might have actually induced me to buy Budweiser beer. Some elaboration is in order. Budweiser has teamed up with the American icon Harley Davidson, who is celebrating their 120th anniversary with a limited edition can featuring the logos of both companies. After all, what is more American than Harley-Davidson motorcycles? I used to think that about Budweiser until I shockingly discovered their parent company, Anheuser-Busch, is a Belgian company. I have a problem with that, as foreign entities are buying our country out from underneath us. I'm in favor of a moratorium on foreign sales and putting back some protectionist policies, but that is a rant for another day. Anyway, with the original blueprints of both brands illustrated on the can, it's an appealing package, particularly if you're a macho he-man motorcycle enthusiast like me. In full disclosure, I prefer to drink American vodka, and when I ride a motorcycle, it was an Indian made by the American company Polaris. That should make me a Yankee doodle dandy. Methinks macho is just what Budweiser was targeting with their ad. It's in response to the recent Bud Light fiasco when an advertising executive, who is now on leave awaiting her canning, thought it a good idea to put a pervert's face on a Bud Light can to promote, evidently, transgenderism. The backlash against Anheuser-Busch beer brands, including Budweiser and Bud Light, has been nothing short of staggering. America acted harshly towards A.B. and deservedly so. One would think that corporations would learn that America does not want them in their politics with woke liberal agendas, although given recent events by Target and North Face, the message is still not getting through. Consider the financial hit of Bud Light and AB. Right now, AB is literally giving away Bud Light by dropping the price of a case to $15, then offering $15 rebates. They're doing this because... They elected to buy back the beer that isn't selling from their distributorships 
and in my assessment, thought it better to give the beer away rather than pay for it to be hauled back to a warehouse for disposal. No word yet on what that is costing them. This past week, J.B. Morgan analysts stated that AB's U.S. earnings would fall 26% this year. They went on to state that the decline in sales is not expected to recover by the end of the fiscal year in October of 2024. Now that's a butt-kicking. J.B. Morgan analyst Jared Dingies wrote, We believe there is a subset of American consumers who will not drink a Bud Light for the foreseeable future. Yes, thanks, Jared. As one guy wrote about the new Harley Bud can, Dude, y'all could put John Wayne on a can and still not recover. As of the week ending May 13th, Bud Light sales were down 24.6%. Makes me wonder who's still drinking that stuff. Other top-selling AB brands like Budweiser and Michelob Ultra are slumping, the difference being picked up by competitors Coors Light and Miller Light up over 15%. The total value of AB shares has fallen about $3.5 billion since March 31st. This is an industry not used to seeing its products shrink in sales or value. Some arrogant stock analysts and liberal propagandist news organizations like to state this is all a non-event and that the stock price is holding its own. Yes, thanks, Captain Obvious. When is there a better time to buy but when the price is down? There is no doubt this will all blow over sometime down the road. People will move on, forget the controversy, and buy the beer that they like or is cheap. Sales will more than likely come back, but AB suffered a massive loss of sales they can't get back and their niche in the market. Hey, here's an update on my soon-to-be-released novel, Roll Me Away. The manuscript is going through its second edit. The artwork for the cover has been selected, and I'm collecting reviews for the back cover. Hope to have it out by the beginning of August, folks. This wraps up my time today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and if you did, please, please, please tell others. Invite them to www.weberswhippingpost.com where they can read my commentaries or click on the link to this podcast. So long, folks. 